You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. Today we are joined by a special friend of ours because and sponsor from the intro that's yeah sponsor from the intro he's got it across his chest so um we just wanted him to look at his chest yeah <laughs> well welcome to roger hernandez from kinda tires so thanks for joining us jason lala good to be here all right and uh episode what is this one episode 17 17 wow that is impressive let's yeah. go back to how many of you avoided 19 <laughs> Roger, every time I'd be like, we're going to meet up and do this, and things come up, and then we end up not getting you, and then you're like, yeah, I think you totally avoided us at Seattle on purpose. Yeah. You always acted like you were busy, but I know, you know, we're good. We love you. Yeah, it, it's, you know, challenging. You, we the Topics we can talk about, sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say, or I say things that shouldn't be said yet. Well, we'll <laughs> just block your bosses as they can't view the YouTube or the... Yeah. Or the podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, anyhow, so we are, um, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances and the state of the world that it's in, and we're um, out at Vale Lake this weekend, and a uh, race was canceled. And um, since we already had plans, people had taken off work, we had campsites reserved and all that, we took advantage of the situation, had a quick impromptu mini team camp yesterday. Um, had a great time. We had great weather, a little bit of wind, but other than that, I mean, it's... We had all the riders from the T3 program here, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's gorgeous it out here, and we the trails are in, in pretty good shape. We had some recent rain, so a couple of them they haven't been able to tend to yet. I found the ruts, believe yeah, me. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of rain ruts, which I don't mind, but um, yeah, they're not uh, in perfect shape, but we had a good time. And Roger still Ro- stayed with the plan, so having him. Roger yeah. joined the team um, out on the ride yesterday and uh, got to to kind of experience what we do with the team. So that was that was kind of a first. I mean, you've been yeah. around the team for years. You've been you've been sponsoring the team for several years now, but that was the first time that I think you actually came out and rode with. You and I have had a few opportunities to ride, but. Um, that was a, the first time you'd actually been out with the kids that are on the team and got to kind of see what we do. Yeah, and that was amazing. Um, a full array of kids from all ages, and uh, their energy, it's like watching puppies. You know, like when you get around a puppy and they're running around and they're just like, you're like, wow, they are just ready to go. Yet, so disciplined. And uh, when, you know, they, they, they're coaching, Jay coaches di- – Everybody, including myself, it was a great skills clinic. I've learned things that I've forgotten or didn't know, and I can't wait to <laughs> to corner better. Yeah. <laughs> I, and Lala was over there showing me how to move my hips and where to. And uh, uh, it was a little scary. Um, but uh, even when we went up on the hill and we were riding, um, the older riders were coaching the younger riders, and they were they just just to see that ambassadorship the etiquette is awesome that you guys instill into these are already good kids but i can see how you mold them into better adults yeah so i really i really enjoy it yeah yeah something i mean let's see roger how long have you been you've been been sponsoring the team since the get-go 
And then we did we talked about Huck right. He's like, I'm in. Like he doesn't even question anything you and I do. <laughs> Sometimes you should question what we do, but <laughs> but you usually don't. You're like in for the ride anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, I wanna know. Sorry. Yeah, go for it. I wanna know, Roger. I mean, I know you've been with Kenda for how many years? So Kenda as of two thousand four to uh as a grassroots uh writer and a team manager for old backbone team. And then, uh, I just latched on to Jim Wanamaker and he's just a great guy. And I started doing more managing and less writing and I would just help him out. And then, uh, when he left, they offered me a consulting position from 2009 to 13. Basically I did events. And then in 13, um, they brought me on as a uh, head of a marketing for North America. So it's been a long time, and uh, it's a good family, and uh, met such good people, and uh, I enjoy the outdoor life. Definitely. I see you. You'll take off on hikes. If you're not on your bike, you're like, every time, if you follow Roger on media, he's always everywhere somewhere. I actually feel bad when you travel so much. I mean, I feel bad, but I don't, because you get to ride your bike, but I know being in the bike industry, you always don't always get to ride your bike. Yeah. So I get all that. But take us back prior to Kendo. What, how did Roger get into biking what did you what was your first bike you got as a kid and what did that lead to oh i was a i was a lit, real late bloomer on on biking now there's pictures of me when i was probably five or six riding a bike with training wheels but i remember the first time um i they took them off and you know my um <laughs> was at the apartments i must have been nine nine or nine or ten and where'd you live at the time Fullerton, okay. Fullerton, and my stepdad was trying to teach me how to ride, and I did not want the training wheels off. I was like, "Those are mine, and they're awesome." And uh, <laughs> they're your protection. I, I remember him pushing me and uh, going and going, and of course, you know, like in the pictures, the dad lets go, and I'm going and I'm going. Well, as this is happening, some 13-year-olds in the apartment complex saw this all unfolding, and uh, they had a football. And so as soon as my dad let me go and I was about 20 yards away from him, they throw this beautiful football spiraling and I look over my left and it just comes and hits my front tire and I just, just all over the place. Oh no. They're laughing. My stepdad's laughing. I'm just like yard sale everywhere. That's, that was my first experience riding. And it, nothing really has changed. Usually once I get going, I think everything's normal and then usually I end up in a yard sale somewhere. So bringing a football on our next ride. Yeah. Right? I'll, I'll probably like twitch a little bit. I'll twitch. Yeah, PTSD from it. Yeah. It's all right. I, I mean, it's I, I learned a yard sale my first year too. I perfected going over the bars. I mean, I've 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 told everyone that there ain't a bar I haven't gone over. I just want to see all the lettering as I'm going, you know. Yeah. And the first thing they ask, did you grab a handful of brakes? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, and then the picture, of course, I'm like full hand in. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, you, so you get your first taste of freedom on two wheels, and then, um, but you kind of grew up doing some other things, had some other other interests and stuff. But it, it's funny because I was going to tie this in later, but we'll we'll touch on it later. But you you have your competitive side, but it wasn't necessarily in cycling. You did some street racing. Oh. Oh God, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. This yeah. is this is oh. what people we know. Roger is. Kenda, Roger. Not. Oh, you know, like like any hobby, when you really get into it, uh, got into mo dirt bikes and motorcycles with my stepfather, and we'd go to Johnson Valley, and then you just start t tweaking on things, and then you grow up and uh, 
of course, in high school, cars are everything. And so, yeah, we started dabbing into the cars. Some of my friends were V8 gearheads, and I was, you know, the start of the... God, I don't, that's probably not a word. I can't say it. Asian market racing. <laughs> so I liked the little tuner cars and uh, just really dove into that. And uh, we spent a lot of time in South Central and in Etiwanda and uh, just hanging out with all the street racers. Did you used to go out to Rochester and Etiwanda? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sand Canyon and uh, a lot of places in Compton. And uh, I, I remember one time we were in Torrance. It was probably my first time out there, and everybody's lined up, and then uh, this like minivan comes driving by real slowish, and the sliding door opens, and everybody hits the ground. It's like you know one a.m. or something, and I'm like standing there, standing up. My friend like grabs my shirt tail and pulls me down. He's like, I'm like, what's happening? And he's like, that's gonna be a drive-by. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, but I was just just like cool to be there why is everybody on the floor yeah you're like me just naive because you know my mom always said nothing good happens after midnight i was gonna say my my dad (laughs) my dad told us because our curfew was 10 o'clock with girls you know so it was like nothing good happens after 10 o'clock like no dad you should have sent the party it was getting going (laughs) you know and and my dad was the type you had to wake him up when you got home so and you when you wake him up it that alarm clock, his clock next to him better not be, say, 10 o'clock. It better say oh. 9.59 or sooner. You know what I mean? But, I mean, with four girls, you had to be strict, right? Yeah. And especially three of them are really outgoing and crazy. I mean, I'm 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 the mildest of the three, by the way. So what kind of kid were you, Roger? Were you the, the you know, curfews, curfews 10? Are you 9.59? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I remember the... It's so different. We always talk about it now. Like our parents would let us out as kids, and the only rule was you had to be on home when the street, street lights, lights came yeah. on. Yeah, it didn't matter if it was, you know because you'd press it and you'd go, but it, it's light out, and the, but the lights came on early, and that was no excuse. Well, they didn't change the street lights to t- to daylight savings, right? So it still came on, but it's still light outside. You're like, no, 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 we have another hour. Remember, we set our clocks back. So, so you were the good kid. You're always, you're always. I tried, Going. yeah. Okay. I, I mean... Because she she was too. I was opposite. Really? I was oh. the one, you know, streetlights came on. I'm like, I'm already late. I'm just going to do this. So <laughs> an hour later, whatever, you know, I'd usually get hungry. So you'd go home eventually and just, wow. yeah, I would, yeah, I would just, yeah, take the wrath. Oh, no. it's Well, I spent school years with my stepdad and my mom and summers and with my dad and stepmom. And it was two different rulings. Just it was just different households. One blue collar, one white collar. And my stepdad, he was just the quietest. He didn't ever say anything, and he never had an emotion that went too low or too high. So I always thought of him as a serial killer because he would just talk like this, whether he was mad at you or happy with you. So <laughs> I, he 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 never ever laid a hand on me but i always had this fear if i did something wrong i wouldn't wake up the next morning (laughs) (laughs) all right so street lights on home (laughs) yeah Uh, that's we lived on a cul-de-sac and so street lights on is like you go one and it just so happens my dad my dad was a postmaster so the street lights came on at the same time he gets off work Right, and so we'd be running, and we see his Cadillac pull around the corner, <laughs> and it was a dead end like sh- horseshoe thing, and we'd all be running in, you know, oh, and then wow. we're in the middle of playing baseball, frisbee, whatever, right, and you go, hu- you know, hustling in, and then my mom's like, "Wait till your dad gets home," you know that old movie, "Wait till your dad gets," yeah. you know, that was it. Like my mom was like, "Wait till your father gets home." I'm like, "Oh shit, 
<laughs> I was, but I was the good kid. See, because I always and and with three three sisters and one brother, snitches get stitches, right? Because mm. mom and dad went bowling, and on every Friday night, and if you snitched, Friday night was hell for you. But guess well, what? Because you were the younger one of the, the second. Friday, the yeah. Friday night came every single week. So, oh, payback was, yeah, so I learned not to, no, I still think I switched, snitch, because I was daddy's girl, but ooh, it wasn't good, because being daddy's girl on Friday night, you got rolled up in the big braided rugs to be babysat or put in the closet, <laughs> put in the closet with the little chair and your water and said, don't come out. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> That's good times. <laughs> they yeah. put my sister here and me here and rolled us up in the rug. Yeah. I was the oldest and you had to be. I remember torturing my siblings pretty good, yeah. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, half brother and half sister, one one of each. Okay. Wow. They're awesome. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just remembered making them do things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, we've done that. Okay, so you got into the cars, and I know you worked in the car industry for several years. Yeah, so um, I, I was going to school, and... I worked for aerospace, but I also had to be part of the tuner scene. I worked for a small company called Jim Cook Racing and like um, Gibson Performance, Greg Gibson. I remember setting up a booth at SEMA, 10 by 10, right next to him. And it was it was really neat. I really enjoyed that. But, you know, you kind of have to grow up and pay bills. And uh, I got... <laughs> Adulting. Yeah. And then I got laid off from aerospace and the, the tuner job wasn't enough. And I started working for Dodge and... Uh, they were, they were just great people there at uh, Glenn Thomas Dodge. And uh, next thing you know, was just working a dealership job. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So you did that. And then you, so I didn't realize that you were part of the backbone. I didn't know that's how you got into to Kenda. Yeah. I mean, I've known you for, for several yeah. years, but I mean, I remember the backbone team and there, you know, you guys were a pretty strong contingent on the cross country scene in Southern California. And yeah. so, um, so Worked through the car dealership, and it worked into having a job in the bike industry eventually. Yeah, well, I mean, the, what what's what happened was I was really into going to Glamis and Moto and going out and riding, and uh, just kept getting, after college and college sports, I kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was, my friends are like, you should sell your dirt bike and get a mountain bike, and we'll exercise and have fun. And uh, I still remember I sold my YZ250. I sold it for $1,000. And I went to the bike shop and I bought, at that time, the second that I knew of full suspension mountain bike. And I had to have the best. And it was it was $1,000 in 1995. Yeah. And it... <laughs> that was like the S-Works level now. And, or what, higher, and what was it? Know? It was Marin Nails Nail Trail. But the the fork in the front was the same as the rear. Like, it didn't have, like, a swing arm. It was just two forks. Oh, I remember. And it was a seven-speed, and it was shiny. And I it was shiny. Yeah. I remember I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And it was I, shiny. First ride ever, we head out to Aliso Viejo, and we leave the parking lot, and we're just hauling, and, you know, it's pretty flat, and then we're going through the, the middle part, cruising up to the hills, and we're full of energy, and we're with – Two older guys, I say older, probably twenty eight, who are in shape, like five foot seven, one thirty five. Yeah. I'm five eleven at probably two thirty five, two forty at that time. And we come up to Mathis. Oh. And there was a girl 
and we blew right by her and she goes boys better pace yourself i'm like yeah what's up old girl like anyway so we start <laughs> we start climbing i get about 30 yards and i'm just done yeah and then i'm pushing and walking and pushing then the girl goes by and just snickers and our friends are just gone they're just gone and i'm i swear to god i thought mathis hill was mount everest we just push it push, keeps going right and then get yeah. up get up to a, a, a clearing and instead went higher and i was the only thing that made me keep going was my friend i wanted to strangle him when we got to the top for making me do this <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah so that was it i uh and you were hooked i was not hooked <laughs> i was not hooked i was so mad i wanted my yz250 were you back. missing your throttle <laughs> oh i was so mad i put the bike away and i didn't ride it for three months i was so upset and, uh, yeah, I basically went to the gym and, you know, started lifting weights, but that really wasn't helping me. And I remember seeing, God, this is going to reveal too much. I remember seeing a spin class and I was like, oh, wow, that's biking. I'll get better at biking. Cause I was running on the treadmill and I was just sick of running. So I started spinning and my goal was to get in some cardio shape and come back and get Mathis. And it took me eight months. I built a giant hardtail. And it was half carbon, half aluminum, and it had the new eight speed, and I finally conquered Mathis. And after that, I was hooked. Nice. Nice. And so what did you, you do with your double fork bike? I, I still I kept that thing for probably – I wish I still had it. I kept it like 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I keep a lot of things. If, if you guys know me, you know I'm a hoarder. I yeah. just don't throw anything away. Yeah. We talked about this. I get it. Yeah. That's – yeah. yeah and we've, we've been talking this weekend, and Roger's a, a tinker. He always likes – he likes – new bikes he likes he doesn't you know whatever he'll just swap out bikes as often and as much as he can and uh so whereas i think i i'm pretty bad because like i like nice new bikes but when i find one that really works i like you hold on to i'll it. just i'll just ride it until it yeah. like doesn't go anymore but um yeah so so with your your history and the the cars and tinkering on the cars and then it kind of just moved over into the bikes so now you've got a nice giant hardtail, eight speed. You conquered Mathis. Um, what? When's your first race? Oh, so yeah, I belong to the Pasadena Mountain Bike Club. Okay. Uh, my friend Forrest Hayashi, who used to work for Cycle News and Trans World, and now is the direct marketing director at AMA. He he was like really pushing me. I met him at the gym, so we both ended up cycle spinning. And we met each other and he's like, this, I guess the story. So he goes, Hey, you want to do this ride with me? We do it with the club Thanksgiving morning. We do a ride and then we eat a lot, you know? So, and so, yeah, I remember getting up, meeting him at the gym at 5 AM and uh, we got another guy from the class there and me and Forrest had, he had like a stump, uh, not a, he had a Trek OCLV carbon. Okay. I had my, my, my giant trick bike and the other guy shows up and I, we can't recognize his bike and he's and he goes oh yeah i made it and i was like you made it like yeah he got all the easton aluminum and then welded it himself and i was like oh man i think we might be over our heads here but we headed off to mount wilson and we started uh i can't, I can't remember the town with the base and when you climb all the way up to the top and then we had a we do 17 miles on just a fire road which nowadays would have been that sounds awful climb up to the observatory go down a fire road 
but that was the, the best thing. It was like 35 of us and yeah, it was, it was a little bit of snow on the ground when we got higher and, uh, I'm not sure what the question was, but that's what I remember about. How uh, was the food? Oh yeah. Well, Thanksgiving was great. Force was, <laughs> force was always the guy at the last hill. First off, the car was always at the end of a hill. It was never at the bottom of a hill. So, and it was always climbing. I'm like, I'm so done. I don't know why this guy's got me here. Like I should have quit earlier, extra credit, <laughs> but he'd always talk about the food and it being in Pasadena. Every time he just what are you going to get? You're going to get a SCO special from Ch- Roscoe's. You know, like we'd always go to different <laughs> and it, yeah, just the food. And that's how we'd make it to the cars. Cause he was always talking about what we're going to eat later. But yeah. yeah, that was a great, that was a Thanksgiving ride. So the, so I was, what I, the question was about racing because you were part of the backbone team, but so, so you're saying you're part of the Pasadena mountain bike club. So we go to, we go to Benelli. Okay. Team big bear race. And of course there's 30 people. We've got all the tents, uh, We've got a barbecue going, and uh, I'm doing a race. It was my first race, and uh, it was the old course at Benelli. And man, I was I saw the I saw a guy that I knew who was older than me, and I was trying to catch him. And I knew if I caught him, that I was doing good. And I was like, and then I, I we were, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm in third. Okay, I'm in fourth place. I'm in third, you know. And I'm I'm trying to stay ahead of this guy in that backside climb by the by the freeway mm-hmm. i dropped him and i'm like this is awesome and i come across the finish line i'm like first race i got third place because i saw the other two guys but i got six because the other three guys were gone <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was my first but he hooked me because the next two weeks was sea otter okay so my second event and second race ever was sea otter and i went there and i was like this is disney world People everywhere, bikes everywhere, vendors. Oh yeah. Uh, I raced my class. There was a, I got a hundred nineteenth. There was a hundred and seventy three people from the twenty five uh-huh. to thirty sport class. Uh huh. I was like, but I was hooked. Yeah. Sea otter. Yeah. So what year was that? Like ninety seven, maybe. Oh no, no. I think it was probably two thousand. Okay, a little later. Then. Yeah, okay. a little later. Okay, because I it just reminds me of my. Early on, like 94, 95, I did, uh, I was racing sport cross country and I was never that, I was never that focused on the race aspect of like what I should be doing to be better as a cross country racer. I just knew I wanted to beat people. Like that was it. Like that was strictly it. And so, but going to Mammoth National Champs and you just talked about the numbers of people that were at some of these races. My age class back then, 95, it was like the 19 to 24 class or whatever it was. I line up, I hear the gunshot go off for the start, and we're in the, like a start shoot. I sit there for a minute, and I just watch people taking off, and I can't move yet. Like, wow. we're so f- stuffed in there and funneled in. Oh, my gosh. And so I think I finished 85th out of, like, 150 riders, and I was stoked. <laughs> I was stoked because I finished – I started in, like, 130th or something. Right. So I'd passed people the entire time, and then you get mixed in with the other classes. And so it's like – and I was hooked. I was j- just like your yeah. story. It's just like, oh, man, it was it was awesome. Like, I was so – hooked on that so there's no raise at, there's no competitiveness in me just so both y'all oh. know we've talked about this i'll yeah. wave in the raise yeah. i'm just coming down the mountain who, who I don't was care. it that we just had on that was saying no you're competitive 
Um, who did we just talk to? Was it Tyler? Oh, Tyler, yeah. Maybe Tyler. Tyler but anyhow, Schwab, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's in there. But not not on the mountain. Yeah, like other things maybe, but not. Uh, you yeah. got it. You got it in there. We're going to bring it out yeah. in you. I, so, I'm good. I, I, that was one of the things I, 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 um, I played college sports. And so lining up, I get the butterflies and I get all jittery. And, and, I, and I, I say, I'm not competitive. It's, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> we do the race here, a team race here. Like the, it's, it's a 12-hour race. And we break it up. But, like, I'll be racing with younger riders, and they'll come back with a lap time of 48. And I'm like, as soon as, as, soon as it's, they hand the baton, I'm like, got to be 48. Got to be 40, yeah. or at least being 49, you know. And, and, <laughs> and I get all, like, I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, why do I do this? I could just sit over there, we're drink a beverage, and just tinker on bikes. And, and yeah, that's our competitive side. Yeah, so yeah, I'm good. People I'm... go, like, hey, let's do this race. Like, mm, no, nah, I don't want the upset stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you're at all the events to get to see everything now you were at a i think it was Pueblo when it was pouring rain and we had mike green who was out there and you uh he, he was out and then he went to the van and went to sleep for too long and you had his heater and he was freezing oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so you get to go out there and just see all the the nut fest go on like I think it's crazy. Well, I, yeah, so this is what's funny. So you started out in the car industry. You're at SEMA underneath a 10 by 10 tent. Here, all these years later, I usually see you under a 10, 10 by, by 10, 10 tent. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So any anyone that, that knows it's been in the biking, so whether it's races or festivals, whatever it is, anything bike-related, you usually know, meet Roger at some point. Because, I mean, and I used to say – if if you're doing that in Southern California, you know Roger, but I've seen him in Sedona, I've seen him in Tennessee, yeah, <laughs> I've seen him, you know, at these these other places. So you do get get yeah. out of the uh, the SoCal scene once in a while. Yeah, yeah, snowshoe wasn't it one year like yeah. snowshoe, and then we did Vermont after or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. So at, out of all your, let's go back to your racing. And then, uh, so all of your racing experience. <laughs> <Too racing. laughs> you only did those two? No, no. Oh, okay, but, no, yeah. you did more. What was your favorite course that you raced on? You mm. talked about some 24-hour races being part of a team. And, you know, whatever. What's, what's your favorite place that you've raced? I, I would have, I, it's Sea Otter. But, I mean, okay. I, I never did really get into, and I now enjoy trail riding. I now enjoy it suspension bikes and travel and duro downhill no but that that <laughs> but uh yeah everything was always pain it was like xc like oh you gotta climb this yeah what you know what what can we make lighter and i think that comes from the tuner side what can we modify to make this to have an advantage yeah for forget losing weight and training yeah how can i make the bike better yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bike like, has to go faster yeah. exactly <laughs> but uh, the old old days sea otters the courses were awesome because just one big long loop yeah okay yeah most of it well you talked about you talked about benelli um the reason i asked too is because i've raced benelli a handful of times across country and it's like i think that i enjoy it because it's my backyard it's literally two two miles from my house and i ride it a lot but racing there absolutely sucks oh well the old course was i like the long the long okay Long climbs with a great descent. Like get the work done, then have some fun. Yeah. The new one is just like just punch you, punch you, punch you up right. down. It's just up, a down. gut punch after another, right? It's yeah. just yeah, super short and just. You know how you guys fix that, right? 
don't climb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always said pedaling's dumb. No, there that's, you go. That's why the, the trail and enduro, I've, I've learned this. I'm like, nah, that's why those guys are always smiling. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, how come when you were doing those races, I've seen Tinker come off that Benelli race on the long course. He doesn't come off breathing heavy. How come, how come you're talking about this? <laughs> Tinker's a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Tinker. I remember, yeah. so he lives in Whittier, right? Oh, that's yeah. That's what, 20 minutes, 20, 20 miles from my house? Yeah. And I would see him riding on the streets on his mountain bike past my area where I live on his way to go up to Mount Baldy. And then, you know, yeah. he's, he's warming up Yeah. on his mountain bike. He'd ridden, he'd ridden yeah, and he'd, 30 he'll, miles already he'll just do to Benelli warm up. And do some stuff there yeah, and, and then head like, up. And it's then... like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I'd see him at El Merendero eating afterwards. Yeah. And so I'm like, I bet you he's just putting it away. No, no. He eats, you know, even though he's making a choice to eat maybe not the best food, but it's not like, it's not like me going in for the combo burrito enchilada oh, style yeah <laughs> I, I got a, a little side story on that yeah. so um back in the beginning i think it was probably oh five or oh seven uh sid taberlay was this australian mm-hmm. writer who was amazing and uh i got to know him through kenda and jim wanamaker and he lived in the pastine area and i remember one time i'm like i was going there and uh i get off the freeway and uh and i'm driving the vehicle and i see sid right by the freeway starting to go and then like i'm it's uphill on the streets and i'm like guys and wave at him and then uh i get to where i park and i'm going up to the lookout point with my friends so we get out and we're taking the an easier way up to lookout point but i see him doing uh low lower mount low i I could and i could see him going up and i was like wow wow we got a good head start on him and you know, like, let's, let's see if we can ride with him. We'll meet him up on the trail. And, uh, eventually right before lookout point, we, we meet up with him. And of course he passed us and he said, hello. And then we get to lookout point and he's there and he's resting. And I'm like, and he's, we're all talking. I'm like, so cool. Sid Taberlay. So awesome. You know, like, and we're all eating like, well, I'm going to get a sneak peek into what he eats. Like here comes the, how, <laughs> what's the secret? What, you know, what can I take from this and bring to the team or myself to get better? And I've got some, you know, bar that tastes like yeah. poop rolled in kitty litter. Yeah. And uh, I see Sid reach around. He pulls out strawberry Pop-Tarts. I'm like, wow, I've been eating those for years. And I'm still not as fast as Sid. <laughs> You're like, it, uh, it was not your racing fuel. Yeah. I was like, I was expecting to see like this, you know, like semi-illegal stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, gets, and it was Pop-Tarts. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's some, funny. It's funny on what you put on the back pocket. Yeah. I've seen some awesome. being in the bike shop. I'd see, and they're like, "Okay, since we're fixing their bike, they're like start unloading their pockets." I'm like, "What the hell is that? Like the never-ending bag on so, some of them?" But so, it's what's, like, yeah. what's your go-to fuel while riding? Oh, I, I usually don't. I'm I'm the okay. one that doesn't drink or eat during the ride. It's after the ride. That's what gets me through the ride because I'm thinking of what I'm going to eat. So you're going to Roscoe's. Oh, yeah, Roscoe's was <laughs> Hey, it. don't be teasing him right now. He's yeah. <laughs> how many? By the way, if you guys haven't seen Roger, Roger looks amazing. How yeah. much? How much weight are we down? Um, about thirty-nine pounds, thanks to these two, uh, uh, Nancy Harris. Just, yeah. um, I, I always go up and down in weight, but this was the, the I feel the best and was the best program for me. 
And th- this is a the educational part to it's huge. Yeah, because yeah. It, it helps you. It helps you understand what you're doing and what your body's doing, and, and want to make those better choices. Right, so. and that's that's why I love doing yeah. it. I yeah. mean, and and you're at week started as of yesterday, week thirteen only. So nice. 38, 39 pounds in in twelve weeks. So yeah. I'm proud of you. And yeah. there was a couple cheats and not cheats choices, choices in there, and because of holidays. Well, we and stuff all, like we that all went just. Yeah, passed through Christmas and you know, and it's all good. So it's... and yeah, he was talking about going going home to be with family and all the meals that yeah home the, cooking, the family home you know it's, yeah it's rough so. if, especially with somebody in the family that's a chef right yeah my sister's a trained culinary chef and my parents owned a rest Mexican restaurant for eight years so my mom's quite the cook of the restaurant but. Uh, it was all to make the riding better. Um, yeah. Once again, riding with Jay and the kids yesterday was enjoyable. Well, mostly enjoyable. A little terrifying at some spots. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just to stay with them. That's awesome. Well, well, I, I liked being able to see you. And then, like, even the little bit we did here. And then you're, like, getting a little bit more relaxed on your bike. And, you know, it's it's cool. I love seeing the progression over the years when we take people on. Yeah. And it's, like, just the little things that you forget, right? You build bad habits, right? Or you build habits making it work without the right procedures in, par- in play, and it makes it smoother. Smoother riding, smoother faster, right? Yeah. So those are all the little things. What's your go-to fueling while riding? Uh, lately has been those, the either Abby's or Justin's peanut butter, and then the dot fit stuff. That, we, that dot fit stuff is, I've never finished a water while on a bike, that dot fit is easy to finish that watermelon. Yeah. Like, yeah, get the electrolyte replacement. And the I actually, yeah. yeah, without all the sugars and all that, and that BCAAs in there is, I love it. I mean, I, I can drink when I drink too much water. You know, I'll have a bottle of that stuff yeah. too. So, I love it. It's yeah. yeah. So the the almond butter has been game changer for me. Right. Like, yeah, I've like I've been eating that religiously on my rides, and it. It's so good. Yeah, and you, so that's, good. that actually helps you. you. You need to. So you need to feel my my old go to, especially when I do long road rides, uncrustables. Yep. Take oh. a couple frozen uncrustables and throw them in your back pocket. Oh. And they ride, freeze by the time you ride, ride to the beach. Yeah, I I will say my uh, my good friend that I ride with, um, she would uh, toast bread, and then put almond butter, peanut butter. And then put a banana in there. Oh, yeah. And then she'd put them in there and put them in her pack. Yeah. So, like, if I did get hungry, I could always hit her up. Yeah. And, you, know, you get to the top of a hill and you're like, oh, it's so good. It is. It's it's funny, right? When yeah. You're on a ride. Like, that's why I, I like fuelings during, during the ride because it's just, it's so good during the ride. Well, I was like Roger where I hardly did. Right. I hardly did anything also. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's take a commercial break. We'll come back and we'll dive more into... Uh, Roger's role at Kinda and what he's doing in the the future of the crazy, like we mentioned at the get-go of the show, the crazy world we're living in and supply chain issues. 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 That is a good word for that. Yeah. All right. Here's a here's a uh, commercial from our sponsor. How much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension? Most riders set the air pressures, and that's the last time they ever think about it. But why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop? The crew at Trail Tune Suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory level service and tuning, complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs. 
based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California make the Trail Tune Suspension Crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at trailtunesuspension.com. And we're back. Thank you, Trail Tune, for that uh, support of the program. Yeah, I just got our forks back from them, so I'm excited to open those up and yeah, team get some freshies some on team the team suspension. Yeah, back in action. It's always good. So yeah. All right, so uh, so Roger, your uh, job at Kenda. What is your title officially? My official title. I don't even know. Um, North American Marketing Manager of Mountain Bike and BMX West Coast Sales Manager as well. Okay. So is your business card like this big to get that all on there? <laughs> like that's a lot. No, I, I think I still have the same business card from when I was consultant. It just says Vince. <laughs> just, <laughs> just says Roger. Yeah. <laughs> is your hat's this big with the big loop so it yeah. all fits in there? Yeah. Yeah, I I totally admire everything you do because somehow out there, like oh Roger, like everybody knows you, and and even on some of your posts, I'll be like oh I know that person, I didn't know that person knows you, and they're in Timbuktu or whatever. So it's pretty cool to, you know, us doing this a few years, you doing it a few years, and we have a lot of friends in common. That's not just here locally, you know what I mean? Locally, you expect because you're here, but it's pretty cool. You're somewhere and you're like oh yeah, this guy who works for Kenda, his name's Roger. Like, oh, I know Kenda Roger. Like, yeah. that's your name. Like, yeah. Kenda Roger. Well, it used to be Kenda Jim, right? Yeah. And uh, now it's Kenda Roger. I think that's where it came from, uh, you know, following, going to a lot of the events that Jim did and seeing all his and his work ethic. It was expected. I expected myself to at least do as, as well as him. And uh, it, it's branched out more than that. I, I like to try and do other things. Like, I try to be the liaison between our engineering office and the u.s and our athletes to try and make the best products and for them to talk to each other and to arrange uh field training and then you know i like going out and seeing that stuff as well yeah and uh marketing part of it is it's changing you know went from you had magazines now it's digital and i swear it's going just to reels and tiktok now that's what it's pretty much yeah so you have to hire someone who's young and understands that so i have a 4 year old and a 7 year old now running our <laughs> social media department <laughs> they're on top of things yeah no, what, what yeah. did you call tiktok yesterday when we were talking tick-tack, about tiktok yeah you're yeah. in charge of tiktok <laughs> you're in charge of tiktok we got this they come in a little clear bottle yeah who are some of the we don't want to leave anyone out but who are some of the athletes that you get to uh, work with um, I've worked with the Straits, Kyle and Rachel, for a long time. Um, Love them. Uh, Luca Cometti, uh, Austin Warren, um, David Lieb, uh, Tom Van Steenberg we started working with. Um, those are the, the free ride. And then, you know, we've been working with uh, Gwen and Nico in the in the past and uh, with the team. And uh, KHS, Nick and Steve Walton and Logan and Ky- Kylie are just amazing. And, um, yeah, the UR team in the, in, the, in Europe has always been awesome. Uh, Mix local mechanics, just a, a stellar person just to even just ride bikes and hang out with. Yeah. So he's, he's living in Colorado now, right? Right. Yeah. And so you still do, you do a lot of 
communication with him and working with him on yeah on he's retired things. but it looks like he's going to be one of the still testing with us a lot and doing a lot of uh helping out with the engineers to make the best tires or and even better tires yeah i always love when these athletes like uh, someone like mick who's been at this top tier for so long um and he announces he's retiring from world cup racing and as soon as he did that he turned around and did a couple crankworks events and like won them <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just funny it's almost like a new fire is lit in him you know it's called going out with the bang well, I, I mean, I, I would expect that he's probably going to do, do some of that over the next few years. I you think know, the and, difference is doing it, picking and choosing what he wants to do, and at that fun level versus you just have a different the competitive you don't have where the, the training and the pressure and all yeah. that is different, right? Yeah, you know? the, at the World Cup, they definitely have a schedule. They're definitely gone for a long time. Um, I would say in the next couple of weeks, look forward to an announcement from Mick okay. and what he's going right. to be doing, which he'll still be doing something at a top level just not world cup okay all right cool cool that's an insider tip yeah cool. there you go Ooh. like this yeah <laughs> yeah okay no that's awesome it's i mean you're definitely connected me and you have conversations and it's like oh this and this and that and you know so it's pretty cool so let's talk about and we've talked about this with some other people on the podcast so supply chain issues right now um it's across the board it's in every industry um I just, you know, had to fly to Mississippi and drive a truck home because there's no trucks available, you know, and, and I, talking to the salesman at the, at the dealership in Mississippi, you know, they're a, a big dealership and they're, they normally have like 400 new cars on their lot. They have nine, yeah. you know, and I mean, this is, this is kind of just the state of the world. Um, what? You didn't go looking for your little mini trucks? You know, yeah. Go no. back to your mini trucking days? Yeah, I know. <laughs> bring back the mullet and the mini truck. And, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. This, it wouldn't have pulled this for sure. No. So <laughs> um, what what do you guys do as a company? Or what do you do? Because I know you're in communication a lot with, with headquarters, which is in Ohio. Um, I'm sure that it's a probably a weekly discussion or, or are things – what do things look like for the future of, of like timelines and things like that for availability of, of products? And that, that's the, the key question. Um, all of the bike companies for the past six, seven months are trying to come together to guess when it's going to slow down and how much it will slow down. Um, I, and I'm fortunate enough to talk to brands, distributors, and even to the local bike shop. And I've seen a little bit of a slowing but it's still going strong, which which is good for everybody. But I, I'm just speculating. I would say it's going to be this way for a couple more years. It's yeah. just gradually going to slow down. Um, and like you said, it's because everything comes over from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So and everybody seems to be buying outdoor the, the outdoor activities. Yeah. And so it, that's all gotten more crowded. So that's just stressed everything. And I see brands having sales two to four years out where before they were one to two years out. So everybody's placing larger orders and everything's in the queue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I when I put an order in now or if I see something, it's like some things are already saying 2023 and 2024. Like that is like. Yeah, I can get you your chain, but it's going to be eight months from now, like, yeah. you know. And, I mean, out, outside's free. 
essentially, or, you know, theoretically, right? And then, so all everybody bought bikes, everybody, you know, whether it was the low end or high ends or outside doing bike stuff, that gets crowded. But then now they got to fix those bikes or, you know, maintain them, whatever, because even the first year, now they're into that second year of them. And it's the same way. It's, you know, but I know trying to order Kenda tires is, you know, it's it's out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's real, just like everything else. Shram, Shram and Shimano chains, we got a couple in and it's like, you know, we got, like holding it's gold. like, it's gold, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lock that stuff up in the safe because that is one thing mm-hmm. that has stayed still out there, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I just saw, uh, um, you know, the, the, triple a magazine is it westways is that what yeah. it's called that get you know so you're on an I, airplane no it just it got sent to my house <laughs> the other day and i just i didn't even i just glanced at the at the the cover of it and it talks about um because it's always talking about your travel right about where to travel in the u.s and you know places to stay and all that but the cover is a picture of the arches national park in utah mm-hmm. and it says the basically like what does the future hold for national parks because they're so overcrowded with people going out and it's just what we we're talking about like people are just getting outside and enjoying that and we talk about it's free but here we are crowded national parks crowd you know and in utah because utah you used to be able to kind of go there and get away because it was you know like for us for southern california it's a six or seven hour drive and right. it's not like it's around the corner but now you've got these people that are willing to take that six or seven hour drive because they they do want to try to get away. And so, I mean, it's it's just, it's, it's almost like a, a an effect of what we're experiencing. Well, like when people... they shut everything down and the gyms and everything closed, right? I mean, how crazy were you going? Because you're definitely a gym guy. You go, you teach spin class. So, you know, that... You, all of a sudden you can't do that stuff anymore so outside it becomes you're out right right so i think a lot of people didn't go back to spending the money at the gyms and they put their money in their bikes or trailers or you know yeah. everything that was hard to get because they same thing you order a bike now you know then you order a bike now you're four or five months trailers refrigerators everything was right. like that right right so and i think it's just going to continue like he says the i don't i don't think it's gonna we have slowed down in the shop as well, but I don't think the slowdown, I think, because it's more this timing right now, you know, because it's always slow, mm-hmm. January, January, February. Yeah. And then uh, and c- just because we're in California, we can ride all year long because we don't get much rain, yeah. you know. This yeah. year, we, I think we got more than we've gotten in a while, but the thing is, is you come out and do that, we can ride all year long, but the industry isn't until sea otter, right? Yeah. So April, you know. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, because you go to... S- like I said, almost every bike event that there is, especially in the local SoCal area. I wouldn't want to see an actual schedule. Like I know. Can you, t- can you take screenshots of your monthly schedule? Well, Jim had the record. Um, so, you know, 52 weeks in a year, and he was gone like 46 weeks. And so, like, I, I wouldn't be gone as many days as him because he was always driving out from <coughs> Ohio. But, you know, like, I think my record was, like, 48 events in a year. Wow. And my boss is always like, you don't have to do all these events, but I want to do them. So, but it, 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 it'll get tailored down a little bit because there's other things to be done. Um, but, yeah, uh, events is, I like it. I like just, I enjoy it. Um, 
and then still doing the other part, the digital marketing and um, finding and recruiting athletes and making sure that they're doing their job. Oh, yeah. If you get a bad email from Roger, you know, it's like supplying them. Yeah. Well, this is what I so it's what I love to watch about like Roger at an event with, you know, whether it's a race, a festival, whatever. His interaction is with the consumer, the person that doesn't know him, right? That's walking down the aisle and sees him. He's the face of Kenda. He has athletes that he supports or Kenda supports, but Rogers brought them on to the brand and they're sitting in his booth. And then he has friends from the bike industry because he's been in the bike industry for so long. And so these people are mulling around and he kind of, he plays this part of, being the middleman for all these different entities, and he 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 is always just calm. And I'm going. Yeah, I was just watching the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival, and I watched this whole interaction going on. I'm going, like he's just chill. Like he really enjoys it. He enjoys the interaction. He enjoys the people, getting to know new people, getting to share, you know, what he knows or pretends to know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fake, hey fake it till you make it right good. Yeah. but um so so i mean you really do enjoy even though you you're you're gone from home a lot and you're traveling a lot and doing all this you i think that you really do enjoy it i do and and it's about have making friends and, and having a good experience and making sure that other people have a good experience while cycling because you know in in, in the end it's going to grow the whole industry yeah. If you're at Sedona Festival and he's got a flat tire or something happened with a mechanical, hey, let's all pull together and, and get him back on the trail yeah. or her back on the trail. Yeah. Or, you know, like there, someone shows up and they've got the wrong tire for the, the place and, and you're like, well, you, this is what we can do to make your time here mm-hmm. better. And and you're you're selling fitness to everybody. You're They're going to ride. They're going to become more fit. They're going to enjoy it, and they're going to bring more people. And it's just kind of like a pay-it-forward thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And well, you get paid to do it. Well, sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's your – What's your? Um, uh, when you look at races and festivals, there's, you know, ones that have big turnouts, others aren't as much. What makes it a successful – not just for you as Kenda, but – in your overall view of the cycling industry, what makes for a, a successful event? What what do you see happening that makes a successful event? Um, I think what I we look for, and that I've seen that successful is when they have multi disciplines coming up together. So, like a festival, like some of them will say, okay, this day we're going to do sort of a cross country thing or an endurance, you know. And then either in the same day or the next day, we're going to have an enduro. And uh, and then when, you know, they in, intermix fun with there, like they'll have a skid contest or a jump contest or something to bring the kids in. And and also to have a, a good expo so that you something to do when you're not riding. Mm-hmm. Or some of the support staff, like parents or the younger kids have something to do, jump houses or, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we always look for a festival. Some of the ones that are hardcore races, they might be great to travel to, and, and the racer loves it because it's a hard course in the middle of nowhere. But 
We kind of want to support things that yeah. support I everybody. Love, I love the festival part of it. Because like, like you said, you bring the bounce house to involve the mom and the kids that's waiting around while the son or husband or boyfriend or whatever are doing that type of thing. They're out there racing. It's your entertainment. It doesn't become problematic to sit in the dirt in a chair or in your car with the child yeah you know so well, some, I of, love it. some of the promoters have, have caught on i think better over the last few years but I, I remember when enduro first was coming on 2010 11 you know and i'd go to these events and it was all the racers take off from the venue oh yeah it was a <laughs> it was a, a rider meeting yeah and then they all left and then they all came back at the end of the day and and eat and drink beer. Yeah. And then they went home. And I remember as vendors, we were like six of us just staring at each other yeah. for like five hours. Five, yeah, five or six hours, like yeah. the, the whole chunk of the day. Like there's nothing because there was nothing catered to, like you said, those families or, or whatever, you know. Learned how to juggle, to, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, right? so I think, I think some of them have gotten better about investing in – having some of those things like you talked right. about even a bounce house you know just anything to to bring the people in and make it a good experience for for everyone so. well i always say like the roadies they come out they race they leave because it's different categories right yeah and then you have the xc guys who are crossovers from roadies who want to dabble in mountain so now they do that so then they bring that to the mountain where they come out they race they get in their cars they go home nine out of ten especially if they didn't they don't stick around for podiums, even if they didn't podium. They don't go around to vendors, so it has to be beneficial to the to because you're paying money to sit there. I think that was the draw of downhill for me, because it's like you go out, you do. I mean, I you know, especially when I was younger, I would do more and more runs, but you know, sitting down in the pits and talking pits. crap to your buddies about how lame they are and how good you are. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> that's, that's half the no, fun. But, and, and what you were saying, it's true about Roger. Like, I i don't think I've ever seen him where he was annoyed. In his- oh, it takes, it, it takes a, a really, because you and I both have sat plenty under different tents, whether it's the ODI tent at, at Sea Otter, the Kenda tent at Sea Otter, um, our own race tent, you know, at different events. Um, you know, and you don't, it's, it's not always easy to put on a smile and to welcome that person to, a- to answer this question that you're like oh, really is this really a question like <laughs> but you know what i mean but so, he puts on that smile right there no, like, absolutely well, and he go. listens he gives you his time and he listens right. and that's that's what's huge i, I mean kenda has a a good not just employee but a good representative and a, well you're a great a, ambassador for for kenda oh, as thanks. well yeah. no you're i did and it's it's an uh, it's an uphill battle for us. So like Jay was talking when he started and when I started, Kenda was on top. Mm-hmm. Everything had a Kenda and you know, it's not that way right now. Um, and, uh, and uh, the, the incumbent, everybody just, it's like sheeple. People just follow it no matter what. And I always find if I put my best foot forward, my best face and I help someone, and they try our tire, they'll 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 stay with us. Yeah. There's a good shot, but a lot of it is just they're just following what's. Well, negativity of them. breeds negativity, right? Yeah. So one person, it's like bad news and good news. <clears throat> bad news travels ten times faster than good news, right? So it's that same thing. So if somebody gets on and has one bad experience, whether it was tire fault or their fault, because I've seen people put stuff on and it's 
you know, that wobble because they didn't get the, all the bead out. I mean, I've seen it too. Yeah. And of course, it's instant to say it's the tire brand or the wheel, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and there's a lot of that naiveness when you have home mechanics. Yeah. But the thing is, is the chances of the person who has a great experience with the tires, you know, I mean, I love the pinners, you know, how many, you know. Pin, pinners my go-to. I've shared that often on the, the right. program and about so, how I love the pinner. And even though, like, I'm out here riding enduro or, or trail, you know, this weekend, it's like I still run a downhill tire because I, I love the performance of it. I love how it feels right. and it performs. But that was going to be my next question. What's your go-to tire? So that that's it. We're, we're tra- changing me from riding 100 and 120 travel bikes to 130 and 150. I, I think the sweet spot for me is probably a 130 or 140 bike because mm-hmm. I still want to get my climb in because I need the exercise. But coming down i don't want to lose all my feelings and i want to enjoy it you know yeah um and so go to tire it's the new pinner uh-huh. in, a, in a lighter the new pinner that's coming out and it okay. would be out already but um i would say the the atc pinner up front and i run the regolith in the back okay so that's kind of like uh my you know the mullet you got serious up front good performing dry tire in the front and then party fast regolith in the back okay so i'm because I, i'm doing on my my stumpy which is 130 140 uh pinner front uh hell diver rear well and all my bikes have they do have the hell diver I, I i do like that one as well but um it's because we're running low but we yeah. just got some more regolith yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna go put the regolith on <laughs> so all i know is jay always says trust your tires they'll they'll grab because you know you're doing a rock slab and you're like i'm just gonna slide and it has like that light coat of sand across it like you're just waiting to wash out and he's always trust the tires trust i'm like oh okay (laughs) you know so yeah xc i'm doing regolith front booster rear yeah a little more aggressive than than some xc guy because i'm not a true xc guy i'm a downhiller Although he's doing trifecta, he's, when he's yeah. lost his weight, he's thinking he's so, going to do. Anyhow, he's no, moving up to expert in. Uh, that's that's great. So what do XC what do XC riders run? So I've had a couple XC guys move to that combination so they can have fun, but uh, booster booster. Because most XC guys yeah. don't like to. Have yeah. Fun. yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, it's, they're so serious. They they they're all about. Most races in XC are about straight away yeah. and climbing. The, the downhill is not enough to make enough difference. Yeah. Um, I've had great luck with the boosters. I had a, um, a 120 travel bike, and I went to the luge, and uh, I had a 140 travel bike, and I with the boosters, I was right about the same time. Oh, really? It was a lot scarier. Front and rear? Yeah, versus... I don't uh, think I've ever tried the booster front. Yeah, you, I mean you two fours, big ones up front. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, it's just a lot more spray and pray. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, and once again, enjoyment. Um, the you come down with the pinners, and you're like you were in control the whole time. Right. The boosters, you were like, oh, there's some parts where I almost died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but you did it. No, no, of course not, because they're great tires. Um, no, I mean we have a we about. Six years ago, we opened an office in Ohio with engineers, and they, 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 it's a total different way of doing a tire. It's basically computer drawings, FE analysis. Um, they have a compounder. She's amazing, Caitlin. 
she she can take apart any tire and tell me what it's made of and then we can put samples together that are plus or minus what we're going for and we'll make different treads different casings compounds and then the engineers take whatever they got from the lab and then they'll go test with top athletes like the Desera brothers in Norco World Cup uh, Mr. Gwen, Mr. Kyle and they field test it and then they try and get it down to the best combination possible so the tires that are coming out now I always use this analogy probably should get paid by Apple they're iPhone 12s you know iPhone 10s you know like they're so much better and we're always striving once we did the pinner we're already making the newer tire with we don't just make a new tread design and use the old casing and compounds yeah. we're pushing the envelope for whatever's newest Gotcha. And our competitors not are not always doing that. But, you know, the marketing trick is trying to tell that to people. But a lot of people, like, once again, they just, I guess it's like a Chevy guy that just loves Chevy. And, yeah. a, and, a, and a Toyota guy that's just like Toyota. If I'm, once I get them to try it, maybe there's yeah. a good chance they'll yeah. switch. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I've done that with a couple guys at work. I'm like, just try it. I promise you. It's, it's good. So, I mean. So. Um, let's see outside. So local races, once in a while you show up at a Fontana race, you do a lot of team, 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 big bear events. Um, over the hump. you'll be at over the hump. Yeah. You're at sea otter. Sea otter. Yeah. Uh, Sedona mountain bike festival. This is, yes, of course. Okay. What other, what other events? We try to hit up like, a. Mount St. Anne, I'm looking forward to going Okay, that. That's awesome. World Cup. Um, Snowshoe is always a good event and to, to see everybody. And uh, a lot more gravel stuff now. I don't okay. do gravel, but it's a small company, so I try and help out with uh, okay. the gravel events. Aaron, Aaron is in charge of those? Aaron Stevenson, yeah. He's, he's amazing. Aaron's awesome. Yeah. And we're getting a lot of athletes now. Our, our truck tires, our cleaver AT2 and RT are gaining, so I'm going to do some truck events. The oh, King awesome. of Hammers. And, oh, nice. Uh, get get back to your old stomping grounds yeah, in Johnson Valley. Old, yeah, a little bit old stomping grounds. Nice. And, uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a ton on there. My boss is backing them off a little bit. But uh, uh, we're going to be doing the Lifetime events. So Lifetime's got a series where this one should be good because the athletes compete over six events gravel and mountain bike but they count against so you can't just be a gravel racer and win okay if you want to win the big money overall you might have to do well in mountain and gravel okay so you got some of these guys that are super gravel riders you're like oh i don't want to go oh, i don't want yeah. to do that it's that's too technical well yeah and, and it, they go from tires this big yeah this and then big, you got yeah. some mountain guys that are like oh man that's like you know okay Twelve thousand feet of climbing and it's too roady. Yeah. So they're putting together a good combination. There you go. There's your new your new thing. Well, here. so what's the gnarliest thing you've ever seen a gravel rider do? Besides like a trials rider or something like someone doing, but like if you're if you are out because I've seen a few gravel riders out on trails that I'm I'm shocked because I feel pretty confident in my skills and I'm going. I don't think that I'd be riding that bike here. Oh, you ever, it, you ever it, done that? Well, our booster cross-country tire we've made into a gravel, and uh, I've supplied it to Nico Smith at Pro Bike Supply. Uh And he rides, him and some of those guys from Pro Bike ride the same trails at um, 
Crystal Cove and Laguna yeah, okay. on their gravel bikes. And I'm just like, nope. That's gnarly. <laughs> nope. Like, okay. Like, yeah. I, I was finishing um, hog trails at, in Sedona. And here comes a guy on a gravel bike. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, there's no way. I would never, like, pictured all of the, like, most technical trail you've ever seen. Multiply that times five. And it's a gravel bike riding it. Yeah. Gnarly. Well, no way. Well, it gets back to like, uh, gravel bikes are like those single speeders. It's like a, a badge that they wear. You know, the, yeah. I've done this. I'm, yeah. I'm like, that's good for you, but my body would not like that. Like yeah. my fillings, I want to keep them in yeah. my teeth, um, my kidney <laughs> and my, you know. I, I like I'm my like, I like my full suspension. Yeah. It's like, I want to finish the ride and go, that was sweet. And I'm like, I survived. Yeah. I want to say it was, I survived and it was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. exactly. You're yeah. you're sitting here talking I'm about. I'm saying it. this, Aaron's like twisting a knife in my back. Like, yeah, gravel's best. Girl. Don't tell anything <laughs> bad about gravel. Not bad. Just it's not for everyone. I've seen uh, I've seen some. People. I don't own a bike, gravel bike. I don't own a gravel bike. No. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's something not in your fleet either. No, I um, I was I said why can't you do that on a hardtail? Weighs the same. The handlebars it's more stable. Yeah. But they are faster. I, I, I get that. Well, like your ratio is different. Yeah. On, a, on a boring straightaway fire road, <laughs> they yeah. are faster. Yeah. I know. It's like, they, what are the, what's the, the big gravel race in Kansas? Uh, Unbound. Unbound? Is yeah. that the one? That's what they call it's it like, now. Let's go to Kansas to race. I've driven through Kansas. I don't need to go race a bicycle yeah. there. Um, here, here at Vail <laughs> Lake, Tom, Team Big Bear, asked me, he goes, well, I'm thinking about doing gravel. What should we do? Should we do this? You know, course here, here's I go, no, no. Put them on the fire road, send them to the, the reservoir, make them go around the reservoir three times, and then bring them back, and they'll be as happy. <laughs> make it as miserable, boring, and dusty, and they'll just, they'll love it. They won't even complain. We're going to call that the Roger the yeah. Roger course, and yeah. then yeah. they all know who to blame. Yeah, that's good stuff. So funny. I, 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 I don't know. I I love that we have all the disciplines available to us, but not not everything's for well, everybody. And and going back to gravel, I get it. Um, I've been in Long Beach now a little over twenty three years, and my we used to just get up on the weekends and ride down to Newport or down to Encinitas, and we'd ride down PCH. I'm ter. I don't want to do that anymore. I I don't feel safe riding on PCH. So having a gravel bike where I can come out and maybe ride. A little bit of road and then take off where there's no cars. Yeah, I see how that appeals. And yeah. Oh, yeah. those people that don't want to get crazy technical that worry about crashing, they get to experience what is a, truly the best mountain biking, outdoor. Yeah. Wilderness versus yeah. urban jungle. Yeah. Well, and then you can also like, and and then that crosses over too. If you get, you do have a gravel bike to do that. You can make it your, if you're gonna bike pack or you're gonna you know because it holds everything right yeah. so it is all there because yeah. it has the frame mounts for your for your racks and stuff for your bags and all that so i we, mean like we you love said, everything whatever. two wheels yeah exactly. just, you know exactly. we've got to make fun of someone yeah oh. so might as well make fun of gravel riders if we're not going to pick on roadies we'll aaron just... it's both of them it has I love nothing you, to do with me <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> right so huck and ride t-shirts hats Jackets, the wind, jerseys, the windbreaker, and jerseys the windbreaker now. and a and a short sleeve jersey, all we'll, available. We'll put it up on the um, on the media website. I'm learning a few things. Like, yeah, I'm still yeah. working on it. Hopefully this week, um, I can get it up. But 
um, use a Dominic Romano to help me out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all those are available. You can DM us. Um, thanks for the support. It allows us to be able to do this and talk candid because if you guys could tell, nothing's ever planned. You've seen us stand up, tell, you know, have cough attacks. Yeah. Um, so we definitely do appreciate uh, the support. Remember, please leave a comment. Um, if you can give us a uh, review that helps us going on both YouTube and um, all the podcast media out there. We're on all levels. Um, Let remember? me share something real quick because we saw Maxine briefly yesterday. Yes. Maxine, who we had on one of our previous episodes. Yes. And that that episode, well, it started with Spencer and we talked about this on the on the uh, podcast, Recap. but we, we went down a road talking about mental health and she had nothing but positive. She's had like five or six people reach out to her that she's been able to, to help and just talk with and deal with some mental health things. So huge, huge props to Maxine for putting herself out there. So thank you guys because this this podcast isn't, we love bikes, but we love the people that that bikes bring us to, like Roger, and just being right. able to do those things. So, um, you know, you ever have those things or have questions, whatever, reach out to us. We'll put you in touch with Maxine if you, if you Definitely. need. Um, I mean, we get know. out on our bikes for a reason. So yeah. Definitely it, it check out us. and it helps and because you're not in it alone. There's we're all we all have our own battles at some some way, shape or form in this. So um, definitely. And I'm thinking on one of our our near future episodes, I'll bring Huck. Huck's wearing the cone of shame right now. So we're not going to bring him in right now. Why is he wearing the cone of shame? Oh, uh, he had his boys removed. Oh, poor Huck. Poor Huck. We definitely need to do this. Um, we'll bring him in and. Um, I know Roger is a big animal fan who I think he's Winky's um, adoptive dad out there. His dad, he would bring him treats to the thing. So Winky, my dog, you guys seen him in the last one, made a guest appearance. Yeah. But um, by himself, we didn't even ask him to. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so you had a couple of pities. Yeah. And so this is the longest he's been without a dog. And so I always tell him that Winky's available and we got hugged. That's given him all kinds of... Real up and he close still does, in the cone. He still does kisses. kisses with the cone on. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you for for loving our animals as well, and we, that's what all this is about as well. So yeah. And then so. Uh, remember, um, going to Kenda on the website. Kenda um, is Huck and Ride thirty thirty percent off. Um, the more we use that, the better it goes. He we can they can track it and see what we actually do, and our podcasts are get, gaining traction. That's good. Our YouTube we're just couple in and um we got some good ones coming up so please stay tuned and follow us and give us the review subscribe do everything you need to do roger thank you so much i mean yeah it wasn't as bad as you thought of avoiding us for i mean really hanging up on me on the phone is not (laughs) (laughs) hitting delete delete on the email it's all good i get it you know um i know this is outside of your comfort zone too so i appreciate it but no yeah. matter where you're at or you're at in or life. no matter if you're heading down a rock garden for the first time. Or doing turns that you're going to fall on. Keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side down. down.